This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, maggots? Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic <laughs> Universe, where we uh, master cinematic universes. It's kind of, I know like it sounds like really easy to do, but you know, not everybody can master the cinematic universe like we can. Yeah, have we, though? Like, Are we declaring that we've done that? Because I yes. feel like, okay. All right. I will go out on a limb and say we have mastered it. I, I think so. I mean, we were, you know, some of the people who were. And I must repeat this, able to distinguish the difference between a generic kids movie held up only by cameos and references or an avant-garde cyberpunk film about a dystopian capitalistic society hell-bent on genociding the inferior species that's brought down by two blue-collar men. Listen, I don't know if it's because of the mood I was in. I don't know if it's because I got to experience the joy of my children, but I will fight you on that. That new Mario Brothers movie is fucking delightful. Oh, it looks really good. I haven't seen it yet, but I just thought that was the most hilarious meme ever because I'm like, it was, it was, funny. It was, it was basically funny. blowing the old Mario Brothers that we just wrecked, uh, which also I listened to the uh, How Did This Get Made, um, which is a great podcast. If no one's, ever, if you're into movie podcasts and you've listened to all of our episodes that's the disclaimer. You've had to have listened to all of our episodes first. Um, once you've done that, you can unlock another podcast called How Did This Get Made? And it uh, features one Paul Shear, Jason Mantzoukas, and uh, June Diane Raphael. And they just basically shit on horrible movies the entire time. Yeah, listen, I don't think they need our help um, finding listeners. Uh, their fucking million downloads. Look, this is how synergy works. I give them yeah, a bump. I think bump. they might be doing a little bit better. I give them a <laughs> bump, the- then they give us a bump. You know, I gotta like, you know, you gotta work it before you jerk or you jerk it. You know, you gotta work it before you jerk. No, no, actually, you got to. Um, how does it go? Not like that. What was that movie? About? <laughs> what was that movie again? With um, the dude, uh, he goes down to like the convenience store, and the dude's like, "You have to lick it before you stick it. If you don't work it, you will jerk it." I don't know. You, you're the one who said you no. mastered the cinematic universe. You should know the answer to that. Booty question, call. Buddy. It was called booty I, call. I stand corrected. Ah, I remember that I've seen that one. And uh, he you, was, know, you know, pull a booty call reference. Yes. Means that you truly are the master of the it, cinematic and, and the reason That's he was in the true. convenience store was he didn't have a dental dam to go down on the girl. So he had to go get cellophane wrap. <laughs> and then the stereotypical Indian guy that worked at the grocery store was just like making fun of him the whole time. Wow. Okay, I have no clue about this old <laughs> dental dam thing. What the fuck? It, it's protection, you know, so you don't like catch anything in your mouth. You don't get like it's a mouth, a mouth, a mouth guard. Yeah, it's just like a mouth condom. You mean my Michael Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, cancer. Um, oh no. <laughs> how did I even go that again? What was I talking about? I was talking about another shitty movie. Uh, Doug's had some wine. So <laughs> what what movie was I talking about wine. that led me to that? I don't even remember. Mario, you're talking Mario. I feel like something else was in between there, but I don't know. Who knows? Anyways, we are here tonight to talk about, you know, not 
repeating movies we previously did, but find new movie. That's, that's true. true. It's well, not like, that oh, that's right. I was giving credit to Jason Manzukis, and um, I was talking about Mario, and my favorite line was, this is an actual scene in the movie. Like, this actually happened. <laughs> the way he said it. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> you, know, you, do, you do have to emphasize, because if you tell someone uninitiated, someone who's never seen that movie, like, hey, yeah, there's a Mario Brothers movie, early 90s, and there's this one scene where, like, you know, Mario's trying to... Uh, you know motorboat this bigger woman and steal a necklace off of her so you can save the universe from dinosaurs that doesn't seem plausible like it doesn't no, i don't know sure. it doesn't jive you're right yeah, yeah. So, so before what, we jump what's in new? what's yeah huh? i'll tell you what's new what's new is so if you're listening to the show you know i had a surgery i can't walk it's tough because my wife has to do everything right. And one of the tasks that happens a lot in this house is our dog has to go out. So he'll scratch at the back door issue with our dog is you can't just open the door and let him run free because he'll dig a thousand holes and he's kind of an asshole. So what we typically do in the bone household is we'll put him on a leash and just walk him around the backyard, let him do his business, bring him in. Um, she has to do that every time. Right? So, we got on Amazon and I ordered a 40 foot long leash. Okay. So that I could <laughs> wheel my desk chair over to the door, put him on the thing and give him free reign to do his business and pull him back in. Um, it's made of nylon. So it was cheap. It was like 12 bucks. The problem is I let him out today. And you know, that one scene in every mountain climbing movie where someone falls and someone's holding a rope yeah. and burns their hand. And there's instantly blood and smoke. Yep, exactly. That's yes. what happened today. Because I open the door and this asshole sees a squirrel. And immediately, <laughs> pew, and this fucking nylon rope slices my hand open. I can, I can so, tell you the reason that happened. Why? You're, you're too handsome. What? That, uh, you need some scars? <laughs> well, I mean, look, look at you, Eric. You never really have to take time and, you know, really just kind of, you know, strengthen the palm of your hand. Oh, oh, oh wow! Oh, what a road! What a road you went down for that. That was. <laughs> I like the way your brain is a fucking. It, it's a mystery to me. I don't know how it works either. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that was a that was a fun experience today. Uh, what else is new? <coughs> no ropes burning my hands. <laughs> yeah, just the calluses. You know, makes it yeah. bulletproof. <laughs> um, MegaCon. I've been talking about it, leading up to it, finished with it. It was really, really tough. Um, I'm making strides though, man. Like, like physically, that was the worst. Now I'm doing physical therapy. I'm making like little bits of progress every week. So it's getting stronger. I can now like hobble around on one crutch, like fucking Tiny Tim. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's great. I am, I'm getting there. A couple more weeks and I'll be good as new. Nice. Excellent. That's good to hear. Absolutely. Doug, what's new with you, man? What's new with me? Um, this week has been a week of watching multiple eh, movies. Okay. All right. So I was able to watch Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania. Eh. Star Wars, right? Star Wars, the Marvel movie. Eh. I don't know. Could have been my mood. Probably not. I felt the same right. way. Also, uh, while you're on that... Uh, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh, <Whoops>. no. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, some, stock we're dropped, about to get huh? some Kang variants, all right. 
I know. <laughs> say exactly. at least it's an easy character to recast, right? Like fucking, you know. No, that's very true. That's very Maybe they true. can bring Although, Terrence Howard back. <laughs> based on the mid credit scene, there's a lot of cancer. That's true. That's true. But no, I mean, I it kept my interest. <coughs> I enjoyed it, kind of. It just was, it was <coughs> underwhelming. I was expecting more and it never delivered, you know? Can you so, guess? Can you guess my favorite two characters in that movie? Which two? Well, that defeats the purpose. Of, can you guess? Modoc. I know, I know, I know <laughs> that, but I am not in a frame of mind to remember. Eric, you, can you can you guess who I be my favorite two people in this movie? Yeah, Modoc and the guy with no holes. Guy with no holes is one of them. Okay. The other one is Bill Murray. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also I was, really um, like the guy who could like read what you're thinking. Stop thinking that. Stop. Stop. Nope. Nope. I got it. Just stop thinking. I know. Cheaty from uh, the good place. Yes. Um, Bill Murray. He impressed me because he he didn't just play Bill Murray. No, no, that's true. He, he got really serious. Know. He got serious, and that was good. I like that. I definitely yeah. enjoyed that from his character. It's just overall, I just thought there was a lot going on, and yeah, um, you know. I mean, I, I got, I got, I got my Scott Lang. I love my Scott Lang. So I got obviously a lot of that, but overall it was all right. It, it was middling, you know, um, uh, second I movie you. I saw this week that was the same way was, uh, Shazam mm -hmm. wrath of the gods. Oh, I haven't seen that. I need to see that one. Um, it was a good, good movie until wonder woman showed up. Mm. Um, cause I fucking hate Gal Gadot and I think she's an awful actor and, I, I can't was that wait a spoiler? She's not, no, it might have been. <laughs> oh yeah, that might have been a spoiler, folks. And I apologize. Uh, you know, I am a little wine inebriated right now, and I didn't realize that that movie is not even available it's, yet. If you have been out, been yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I need to watch that. Well, guess what? Let me tell you who's in it. <laughs> I will be honest. It's not a spoiler. It's not a story spoiler because it's really not. They they brought her in just. To bring her in, just to have yeah. Gal Gadot Ooh, in, in, it's a in a movie. You know. um, yeah, but I Do you don't not think I am the I'm... most amazing actress of all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, that so would be I'm like that'd that be like Doug. Guess what? Anymore. Bill Murray takes uh takes um the characters in Ant Man and the Wasp to Space Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. And the third movie that I saw this week, I watched today. That was eh, and I expected way more. Was Cocaine Bear. Oh no! Um, my one of my friends, um, one of my friends, their friend's kid is in that movie. Really? Yeah, they went to see like they all went to, like a big down in Orlando. They all went to like a big group to see it together at one of the theaters when it first came out on opening night. Oh, that's with cool. with the kid and the kid like stood up and everyone like saw her in the theater. Oh, oh that's, that's very awesome. cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, it's all right. It, it's all right, but like I expected more because it got good reviews. It's got a good uh, Rotten Tomato score on on the critic and on the on the viewer side, and I expected more, but it was all right. It was kind of predictable, and you know, man, that's um, a bummer because I trust your judgment and stuff. I know. I, I want to see it because, like, <sighs> how can I not want to see about a cocaine beer? <laughs> oh no, no, listen, that whole premise is. It's rock solid. It's fucking great. You got a yeah. bear high in cocaine. But the, the person that always comes to my, my mind every time I hear the name cocaine bear is Life and Times of Drunky the Bear, where he fights Coke where he fights <laughs> yes. Cokey the cat. Exactly. That's exactly. A deep, that's a deep Tom and Dan yeah. cut right there, dude. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I'm not trashing it per se. Okay. It's just I'm, not what it's not as 
it's not as good as I was led to believe, at least in my eyes anyway. So you might like it. Okay. It could be me. It could have been my mood. I don't know, but three I'll, movies. I'll um, report back to you because I'm going to watch it. You know what I watched this morning? What's that? The newest episode of The Mandalorian. Ugh. This was a good episode. It was a real... This was a very good episode. I was impressed with this one. This was a bounce back from the fucking bullshit cameo crap shit from last week. Well, that's what made me laugh. Is I'm still angry at that. Everybody, including Doug, who was angry about that episode, they were treated to a really, really good, really solid episode. So, Yes. I agree. They, this was definitely a bounce back. It was solid, uh, great story, uh, action out the wazoo so you you can't you can't complain about this episode it was very good i agree um, joe, a lot of twists i'm just like gonna that. be quiet on this one because it's not my stuff joe what's no, new I, with I you understand. other than hating the mandalorian well um i'm about to eat this delicious cream pie which will be very satisfying um oh, i don't know <laughs> you're, you're you on know, video buddy you can't it's kind of gross actually to hear you say that yeah you can't just like <laughs> well because i'm on video is why it's okay if it wasn't on video uh-huh. Then okay. like it would you know it's double entendre here, um, the other thing I I did watch some stuff this week also, uh, I watched a show on Netflix which I'm gonna have to give Doug my uh, my this is a joke information for. <laughs> Guess what I've been watching the shit out of Paramount Plus this week. You're buddy. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same password and, and username maybe for every single thing possible. Um, yeah. But uh. The um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the mo- the show I watched. It's really fucking good. It stars from Invincible and you know Walking Dead. Stephen Young, Yoon, Yoon, Stephen Yoon. Yeah. I want to say Yun, Stephen Yoon. Him, him and Ali Wong, and it's called Beef. Mm, hearing good things. I've seen about the beef. trailers for it. It's it so good. fucking. Now what good. is it on? At Netflix. Uh, all right, I don't have that. Like I said, just you know what to do. I know, I know that. I know, you know I what know. to do. I got to get on that shit. Um, it's really, really good. It's about like the show. The show, the show starts. The first like two minutes of the show is like him like backing out of a parking spot and her honking at him, and then like flipping him off, and he basically chases her down road rage, and she has road rage, and then it turns into this all fu- all fucking out like battle between the two of them to ruin each other's lives. No shit. Yeah, uh-huh. It's really good. So this takes it's place like in Miami. It's like a fun changing lanes. Uh, Los Angeles, same difference. <laughs> okay. Different coast, same boast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. LA is kind of like the Miami of the West Coast, or Miami is the LA of the East Coast. <laughs> They're very You're similar. Not wrong. They're very similar You're cities. Not I'm not, I'm not gonna, I mean, one, you know, LA is a little more mountainous. Oh, they are. I mean, in bigger. their self-indulgence and in their tropical importance, absolutely. A lot of Spanish people. <laughs> a lot of expensive cars. A lot of expensive yes, cars, a lot of expensive properties. You know, people oh, yeah. think they're better yeah. than they are. Yeah, lots of true. lots of fancy restaurants. I mean, they're very similar vibes. Indeed. Yep. You, you know what I've been watching on your theoretical Paramount Plus password? <laughs> Is that show Yellow Jackets? Did you create did you create Isn't a, that show great? Did you create yeah. a theoretical new user on there? No, because theoretically, there's not any um, slots left. Because if you've been using <laughs> Joseph, that explains why my fucking uh, yeah, that explains why my 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 algorithm like not my algorithm, but like my viewing. Because I was watching Yellow Jackets, I'm like, this isn't the episode I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why is this like fucking my episode counts up? 
No, I didn't Yellow like, Jacks is a great show. It is. I you didn't love like it. theoretically change one of your kids or your wife's profile because there's no more spots. You can you can take any of theirs because I'm the only one who watches Paramount Plus. So the only oh, person shit. you could screw up is me. Oh, oh that's good to know. In Just theory. take any of them in theory. Yeah, right. Good thing. Yeah, yeah that's never gonna you know be applicable to real life. But you know. <laughs> oh. Well, I I feel like I'm. We, we've gotten what's new out of the way. I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit. Yeah, speaking Maybe of repeating yourself, it happens a lot. You maggot. What do you think? You maggot. Exactly. Candyman. 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 Wait That's a second. Was that Tony Todd? That's Tony Todd. Baby. Have you been watching Candyman and Paramount Plus too? Because I was wondering who was watching that. No, no, I haven't. I haven't watched the show yet. No. No, I thought that was you, theoretically. Mm-mm. But yes, Eric. And you're welcome for me Todd. getting the, the Showtime upgrade. Because I wouldn't have Yellow Jackets <laughs> otherwise. Or Dexter. The, the newest season of Dexter. That's why I got it. Yeah. That's some good shit. Um, yeah. Are we there? Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation right, just died. So <laughs> I, let's no, start over. I was, I was looking something up at the same well, time. And it, it's I a thought, perfect segue. The conversation died. So someone say you maggot and let's get on with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to repeat ourselves a lot tonight. Uh so we are doing, uh, I'm leading this one, Wine Drunk. It's going to be fun. Uh, we are doing a movie called The Edge of Tomorrow. It might be little known to a lot of people, even though it's a big budget science fiction movie with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. This movie is from uh, 2014. Uh, in theaters, it was known as Live, Die, Repeat. Um, it didn't do well in theaters, even though it did make its money back and globally it did all right. Uh, so for the DVD release, yes, they had DVDs back then. Live, die, repeat. <laughs> it was called The Edge of Tomorrow. Um, it is directed by Doug Lyman, who did. Uh, he's he's got a varied uh, a varied resume. He did Swingers, yeah. which is one of my favorite little indie movies. Great movie. I probably do on this show at some point. Uh, and then he did The Born Identity. So he's got the action under his belt. So he decided to take this one on. Um, as I said, it stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Um, it's based on a novel slash manga, manga, Eric, how do we say that? Manga, manga. Manga mm-hmm. slash manga called All You Need Is Kill. See, that would have been the coolest I don't understand thing. why it wasn't called that. Yeah. You're right, Joe. Live, that, die, repeat sounds like eat Taco Bell shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, All You Need Is Kill is like the best fucking name ever. Yeah, I would have been way you more know? into this movie if it was named that. Makes so me think of live, uh, laugh, love, like something yeah. you would see in a fucking I know, hobby lobby. Exactly lobby. right. All you need is kill. That's by uh, Hiroshi uh, Sakurazaka. Um, so I haven't read that, but I think I'd like to. Um, the story is obviously different in the manga than than it is in the movie, but uh, they tried to remain as true as possible. Um, just a little bit, of little factoids about that. So in that book, the mimics or the the aliens in this case are invading Tokyo. And they all have um, penis arms. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, so yeah. So obviously the, the characters are different and such. But did you uh, ever see that that FX show, Man Seeking Woman, with oh, Jay Bar- Baruchel? It's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, that's the one that you sent me the clip with, with the, the penis oh, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, penis monster. Tanaka, 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 Tanaka. Tanaka. That's when that's when elderly wheelchair bound Hitler yes. like, steals his girlfriend. 
I mean, if you if you want to know what the show's about, that's all you need to know. Elderly wheelchair bound Hitler. And then everyone shits on Jay Baruchel for being Jewish and being mad at Hitler. They're like, oh, mm -hmm. just leave Adolf alone. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. The entire room sides with Hitler. And and his best friend <laughs> is played by Eric Andre. Yes. And it, yeah. it's so great. Oh, that shows. That is a great show. That shows really a fantastic is. show. I'm not even gonna lie. It's so good, Eric. You should watch it. I'm watching. Yeah. So now hold on. This was this property was a beloved Japanese manga, and the first thing they did when they adapted it as a movie, they're like, let's just fill it with white people. Yes. And not a single Japanese character in this motherfucker. I know. Yeah. Speaking Someone. of which, uh the the previously mentioned uh Super Mario Brothers movie, the new one, Leguizamo is on Oh, he's, he's mad, he's on mad. A fucking yeah. rant about this <laughs> talking about lack of representation. I know I saw that shit. We're gonna go there. Uh, Listen, Luigi is clearly a Puerto Rican man. We've established this. <laughs> In that universe, I also, guess like, um, as I was wa uh, listening to the other podcast version of their stories, they got stuck on the fact that, like, I didn't realize when we reviewed it, but he they're not brothers. Like, he's like Mario's adopted son or something. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, there was a whole, like, through line in that movie about how, like, him and Peach were adopted yeah it, i just didn't was, pay attention enough to the shitty movie to realize it yeah see i didn't i i didn't have i didn't have the strength to pay attention to that i'll bullshit. refresh your memories because i remember the line it's <laughs> seared into my fucking brain he said yeah mario he was like my brother my father my mother <laughs> and mario was like <laughs> i guess uh, I <laughs> <laughs> they were afraid to commit i guess mm -hmm. yeah so um this movie uh, came out in 2014, but the story takes place in 2020. So three years past. Um, I guess it could happen. I mean, because aliens can invade anytime, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. not to spoil anything, but aliens invade. And that's what this movie's about. So. This movie, if you want to sell someone to watch this movie, just ask them, do you like Starship Troopers? Do you like time travel? Make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out of those two things and you get this movie. Thank you. That's yeah. what it is with a little less irony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, that is absolutely the movie. And there are direct nods to Starship Troopers in this in this uh, movie. Um, oh, I want to do Starship Troopers too. That's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. I fucking love that movie. Oh, no, I don't that's, know if I want to do that next week. See, that's right up there with RoboCop as far as fucking irony and satire. Yes. Of, yeah. of yeah. the fucking commercialism of yep. this country and this world. I mean, See, and then I love that movie. And, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. So uh, the goal of this movie was not that, um, but uh, we're going to get into it. So uh, I guess to be forewarned, forewarned might not be the right word, but there's a lot of clips in this movie. It's just the easiest way to convey what's going on. Uh, but my notes are short because a lot of it's just quick narration. There's a lot of action with no dialogue. So, you know, we should be able to plow through this thing pretty quickly, uh, whether you like it or not. So uh, the movie opens up and we're just going to play a clip. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Start with clip.
millions of casualties, and yet the evacuation of key government officials continuing. Super soldiers. Look at Reed Vertasky, the angel of Verdun. Calling her the angel of Verdun. Telling me that you discovered some new jacket technology earlier, right? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know if, if, I'm wondering what you're talking about, but I'm thinking, is it exactly what I think you're talking about? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was not the now only Doug has to make a masturbation joke. We're done. We go. call it a day. Um, <laughs> we can call. Him. Just uh, checking the boxes. That's all. We're doing. I I will say though, the next time I hear something called a mimic and it takes place in France, it better be a fucking mime. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think my next movie is going to be Euro Trip because a mime uh, favors heavily in that movie. Okay, there's actually a mime fight in that movie, and it's great. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that opening clip, we hear some news clips and, and different things about this uh, alien invasion. That uh, we are in the middle of fighting millions of lives lost, blah, blah, blah. The usual alien stuff. Um, there's these new sort of exoskeleton jackets they're talking about that give, you know, the regular soldiers super strength. Uh, one of the things that's different from the book is, you know, they mentioned it's, the training is easy, but in the book, the training is very hard. It's not easy to master these things. But uh, in, in the movie, it's easy to master them, as we'll come to see. Um, so, you know, uh, we hear Tom Cruise. He's Major William Cage. That's our protagonist in this movie. He is basically a PR guy. We'll get into that a little more. But he's a PR guy. He's a major in the in in the military, but he's there to promote. Um, what, what, that opening clip has like a silly plot hole in it that annoyed me from the first time I saw it. It's like these aliens might not be the smartest people on the on haha this planet. But he's advertising an upcoming invasion called Operation Downfall on television before it happens. Uh, so it, it's, you know, I understand his, his job is to sell this uh, to get people to sign up, but that's kind of silly. But anyway, um, we are now over London in a helicopter. 
uh, Sleeping, William Cage, uh, Major Cage, played by Tom Cruise. Uh, we don't need to recite his resume. We know Tom Cruise. Who? Yeah, exactly. Is he related to Terry Cruz? Yes, he is. <laughs> That's good. Absolutely. Same spelling and everything. I thought so. That's fucking funny. <laughs> uh, he wakes, he's snoozing in his helicopter. He's got his big major's hat over his eyes. He snoozes. He wakes up just as it lands at uh, United Defense Force headquarters. Um, he's escorted at this point to see General Brigham, uh, who's played by... Uh, 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 Fuck, who's he played by? <laughs> oh, God, mm. this wine is going to be my downfall. Uh, uh, Brennan Gleeson. Yeah. He's played, played by Brennan Gleeson. Love love Brennan Gleeson. We just recently did a movie with his son. I almost Donald said Jackie Gleeson. Gleeson. <laughs> Jackie Gleeson, yeah. <laughs> like, I knew Gleeson. Is he, exactly. is Jack Gleeson his son? Uh, No, Donald Gleeson. I don't think Jack Gleeson. Jack Gleeson might be. I think he has more than one son, but. I'm also Jack Leeson so fucking type glass he can never do anything else yeah people like he, I was listening to an interview with him people fucking hate him in real life they walk up to him <laughs> and just fucking hate him yes I understand I totally get it because you played such a little shit for so many years yeah so uh, yeah so uh, Major Cage is escorted in to see uh, General Brigham uh they're in the office and Brigham describes the upcoming Operation Downfall to Cage, letting him know that he would like Cage to join our brave men and women on the front to uh, basically to sell the invasion. Uh-huh. Cage is obviously not a fan of this idea, and he reminds the general that he, you know, he, he did a little ROTC in college, but that he ran a PR firm until the invasion, and that's how he got this gig uh, in the military. So he's not a he's not a fighting man. He's got no combat training. Um, you know, he continues to protest, but uh, Brigham reminds him that it's an order, not a request. Uh, so shit's getting real and Cage is, is his butthole is definitely tightening at this point. Um, and this, he, he, he resorts to blackmail. He tries to blackmail yeah. the general saying that he will, you know, he will make it, uh, make it obvious that it was the general's idea for this invasion and, uh, you know, he'll get all the blame for it. Uh, this only results in his arrest. Um, Cage makes a token escape, but that doesn't go well. He immediately gets tasered. <laughs> um, so that doesn't go well. He gets knocked unconscious. He now wakes up at uh, forward airbase uh, Heathrow, where they are staging for Operation Downfall the very next day with a very angry sergeant. Uh, Joe, what does the sergeant say? Something about getting to the crucibles of hell and... No, 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 no. Oh, the first wake up, Maggot. On your... On your feet, maggot. That's right. On your feet, maggot. And that's played by Candyman's Tony Todd uh, yep. as as the uh, drill sergeant. Uh, he gets up. He gets uh, Cage. You know, he wakes Cage up, and uh, Cage is obviously very confused by all this. Yeah. Um, Cage then gets to meet Master Sergeant Farrell, who is played by Bill Paxton. Rest yep. in power, my friend. Uh, Coconut Pete. Pete. Yeah, exactly. That's another movie I want to do. Yeah, see? Oh, all right. Well, might Col- change again. Pina Colada Berg. You just let us know we're ready. Right. <laughs> I love that movie too. Penelope. Yes. <laughs> Come on, Penelope. Uh, yep. So, uh, he meets uh, Master Sergeant Farrell, who at first is very sympathetic to Cage's plight. I mean, you know, Cage is describing the fact that, you know, he's sort of been railroaded and, and, and uh, Farrell is sort of saying, what was it, a poker game, a bachelor party? What happened to you? How'd you end up here? Uh, and then we've got our second clip. We're going to find out what's going on, actually. Yeah. 
you from in Kentucky, Sarge? Little town called Science Hill. Heard of it? I have now. How about you? Where are you from? Cranberry, New Jersey. They grow a lot of cranberries there, do they? Tomatoes. Best you ever had. Why are they call it cranberry then? Why do they call it Science Hill? Never ask. Don't care. After you. You're not taking me to the phone, are you, Sergeant? No, I'm not. Seems about the only honest thing you said to me so far is your name. It says here you're a deserter. It says here you were caught impersonating an officer. It says here you'd likely try to make an outside call, even compromise security this operation, anything to get out of combat duty tomorrow. But that's not gonna happen, ever. Private Cage. It's a terrible thing. Now, nightfall, these men will all reach the same conclusion. That you're a coward and a liar, putting your life above theirs. The good news is, there's hope for you, Private. Hope in the form of glorious combat. Battle is the great redeemer. The fiery crucible in which the only true heroes are forged. The one place where all men truly share the same rank. Regardless of what kind of parasitic scum they were going in. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, uh, you know, Master Sergeant Farrell says everything a Master Sergeant should say. Should say. <laughs> it's his job. Uh, he's trying to rein uh, Cage in, given the, uh, you know, he recited the false information he has about him, but to him it's real information that Cage is a deserter and he's trying to get out of fighting. Uh, so um, it's at this point that Farrell introduces Cage to J-Squad, uh, where he proceeds to basically Master Sergeant the crew <laughs> Gambling and everything else. Um, it's great. You know, what do I say about gambling and their response is that it makes it makes us think that uh, we are not the masters of our own destiny. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't like gambling. Um, he puts uh, he puts J squad in charge of cage to get him ready for combat, uh, um, regardless of whether or not he is. Uh, so we are now the next morning the morning of Operation Downfall. Uh, we see the squad suiting up in their their exosuits that we talked about already. Uh, Cage is in his suit. He's looking completely lost. He keeps asking, where's the safety? Where's the safety? Um, they've got the safety on and they haven't told him because that's basically the safest way to release him onto the beach, the upcoming mission, because he can't hurt himself. He can't hurt anybody else. Um so uh, we jump to a quick scene. We get our first look at the uh, the Angel of Verdun. Uh, that was, you know, she was mentioned in the um, in the opening clip. Um, she's also known as the Full Metal Bitch, and also by her real name, Rita Vertansky. Um, she's getting ready for battle. Um, so I didn't realize this until I lo started looking stuff up. So Verdun is a town, I believe, in France. <laughs> I should know. But it is the longest and bloodiest battle World War One. Um, a million men lost their lives on both sides mm. of the table. Mm. It was a year-long battle. A fucking year-long battle. Uh, so they picked that as one of the uh, one of the one of the, the fighting areas, and she is the angel of Verdun. Um, there's a very cool special effects CG shot of um, the getting ready for this battle on on the tarmac at Heathrow. Um, it starts overhead and it goes down 
you know, right in the middle of all the troops getting, and they're all in their suits. They're all heading for the drop ships. Um, very cool. I, I, lo- I love that CG, CG shot uh, on this one. Um, the drop ships take off one by one, and they join up in formation right over the cliffs of Dover. Another great shot. So the cliffs of Dover, it's basically reminiscent of D-Day, uh, World War II and D-Day. Uh, so we, we see these ships flying towards France, um, you know, right over the cliffs of Dover. It's really cool. Um, they're on the ship and Farrell, Sergeant Farrell's he's rallying the troops with a, with a very cool rah-rah speech. Um, it's really good. You know, um, the, my favorite line in that is it's okay to be scared. There's no courage without fear. And he's not wrong. You know, you gotta be a little afraid in order to step it up. So, uh, he's trying to get the, 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 you know, the troops ready. Is J squad ready? Uh, the squad starts to, you know, they start to rage, raz cage about the drop. You know, one of the guys drops a comment. I think there's something wrong with this suit. Yeah, there's a dead man in it. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, well, this cage is truly shitting his pants. You can see it in his face. Yeah, he's uh, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Every time someone talks shit to Tom Cruise in a movie, I always think back to that interview. You guys ever see the interview? He was on the red carpet for like War of the Worlds. And the dude like squirted water in his face. <laughs> no. It was like a fake microphone. He squirted water in Tom Cruise's, Tom Cruise's face. Oh, and Tom shit. Cruise is like, he smiles at first, but he's like, hey, why would you why would you do that? And the guy, <laughs> the, the guy doesn't know what to do. He's kind of like, uh, you know, and, and he won't let yeah. him leave. He's like, no, no, don't run away. He's like, you're a jerk. And he just like lays into this guy. Holy shit. Very, I got to look that one up. Oh, man. It's, I gotta look that one up. That's it's the most Tom Cruise reaction. It's great. That's full Scientologist on display right there. <laughs> Holy shit! Dude, the oh, Scientology capital, like in Clearwater, is insane. Have you oh, been it's there, nuts! Or? I've been to I've been to the one in Boston, and it, it, the money. It looks like a castle. Just, yes. Yeah. 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 And they have like it's armed crazy. guards outside. It's crazy. It's not you a cold or nothing. Oh, I got a story about the fucking parking lot at the Scientology oh, building speaking in of, Boston. But. Speaking of Colts, how did your uh, church in Texas go? <laughs> <laughs> it went very well. They were very attentive and they, very focused on every. Did they I write the check out to Christ? No, I. You know what? I, I don't know if the salesman's going to listen to this or not. He doesn't even know this podcast exists. But that was last night. I didn't hear a word from him today. I don't know how the rest of the proposal went because they let me go after I gave my spiel. I'd love oh, to know no. how the damn thing went, but I couldn't tell you because the guy never let me know. I feel like they just yeah. used you for your last name on this on this deal. Oh, that's fine. We have a representative, I'm Doug Christ, here yeah. on the line. Yeah. And yeah, the first thing you do is like, it's Christ. You celebrate Christ. Christmas. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Dude, uh, I say it all the time. So the, uh, the drop doors on the ship open up just as the ship is hit. Uh, this forces the team to drop early. Uh, Cage is panicked, but he drops he drops out of the ship. He's suspended by a cable, so the cables are connected to the ship. This is the nod to Starship Troopers, because especially yep. in the in the novel, in Heinlein's novel, that's how they drop out of the ships. The cable lowers them down to the ground, and then they start to fight. Yeah. Um, the ship is out of control because it's been hit, so it's spinning willy-nilly. So he's being thrown around like a rag doll in this cable, um, shitting his pants even more. Um, he finally lands on the ground. He hits hard on the beach, cracks his helmet visor, but because of the exosuit, he's okay. Um, when he lands, we see a very D-Day-like, uh, you know, event taking place. I mean, this is right out of D-Day. They're on the beach. Uh, he's watching squad members and tons of other 
you know, soldiers just die. They're getting shot to shit. I, and I, it was, during yeah. the scene, like, though, it was driving me crazy because all he's like, where's the safety? Where's the safety? How do I try to safety off? Where's the safety? I don't know what the safety... I'm like, shut the fuck up about the fucking safety. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he wanted to at least... He wanted to protect himself. That, I, I that, know, but, the like... The thing is, at this point, it wasn't even about... He could have been scared it. without not knowing where the safety was. Like they could have been just yeah, legitimately he, scared. Kind of, he wanted he wanted to be able to protect himself, and he and he couldn't do it. You know, he was um, trying to figure it out. I mean, the the thing was, I think the thing was in Japanese. Yeah, at one point it was. Yes, that was a yeah. nod to the manga, the manga. Um, but yes, it was. He was. He got it to talk Japanese to him, and like know, I told whatever. you, I'm I'm mad they weren't either mimes or penis monsters. One of the two would have been acceptable, <laughs> but this weird fucking like squishy ball that like spins around was not. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was cool. I thought they were very cool. It's frenetic. I didn't like them. Yeah. They were like techno, uh, techno octopi. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because cool. it was a, it's a hive mind thing. Yeah. They have no much. control over their own destiny. They listen to the hive and that's what they are. They're big goddamn tentacled hive mind creatures. Yeah. Very know? matrixy. Like, you know what I mean? Those, yes. You know. Yeah. Cause I loved that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. An island unto himself, Joe. <laughs> so, uh, Cage, he makes his way up the beach rather awkwardly, but he makes his way up the beach. Uh, when he gets a little further up, he spots Rita Vertansky, the angel of Verdun, uh, in the flesh. Uh, she's being a full metal bitch. There's no yeah. question about it. She's got a goddamn gigantic sword, and she is beating the shit out of these mimics. Um, the sword is definitely a sword. choice. <laughs> like, what's that I always wonder when people pick a sword as the weapon going like battle with well, everyone has guns the explanation in the manga and in the in the background for the story is she uses the sword because it doesn't waste ammunition if she's able to kill these motherfuckers with a sword she's going to do that and save her ammunition for when she really needs it um, and she's gotten very good with the sword because she is wrecking the shit out of them it's great um they lock eyes just as the dropship next to them explodes and it kills her. And Cage is shocked by this because she is the angel of fucking Verdun. Like, she's supposed to live forever, obviously. She's the hero of this entire fight. And she's now dead. Um, Cage, he quickly gets up and moves. He meets back up with J-Squad. They're in a sort of a, a bunker hole. Um and they're all realizing that something is wrong because the enemy's not supposed to know they're coming and they do, you can tell. And it's turning into a fucking slaughter. They don't. They can already tell. They don't have a chance. Uh, so while they're in the bunker and they're getting ready to make their next move, a mimic comes out from under the sand and he lays waste to pretty much the entire squad. Um, Cage, again, after turning into Japanese, he finally figures out the safety and he actually kills the mimic and he's very proud of himself. Um, it's at this point a larger blue colored mimic appears we'll find out later that's called an alpha um as it lunges at cage he grabs a claymore off one of the dead squad members and he lets it loose because he knows he's going to die for he's going to take it with him so it's actually a very it's a pretty heroic move on his part being the you know the rookie that he is uh he blows up this alpha and and obviously he dies himself but as he's dying he gets covered by the alpha's blood um and it's a really cool effect. It looks like he's burning, but his eyes turn like solid black. It looks like 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 a shark's eyes, like a doll's eyes. There you go. Another one of Joe's favorite fucking movies. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh. he then suddenly wakes up. He's back on the tarmac at Heathrow, being greeted by Candyman, screaming, "Wake up, maggot!" 
So like the whole thing reset. So we're all, you know, as viewers, the first time it's happened, we're all wondering what the fuck is going on. We kind of knew, obviously, yeah. if you know what the movie's about. But and now we start the movie Mementaro TC. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we this are back. Guy. We are back the day before. So the easiest way to sum this up is to play a clip. Roll that clip, Joe. Nope, wrong button. The good news is there's hope for you, Private. Hope in the form of glorious combat. Battle is the great redeemer. The fiery crucible is the, the only, only true, true heroes, heroes of are forged. Did you just interrupt me, Private? <laughs> Sergeant, you're, you're, you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. No, I'm not. Now, where was I? The fire crucible, eh? The fire crucible in which the only true heroes are forged. The one place where all men truly share the same rank, regardless of what kind of parasitic scum they were going in. Squad, this here is Private Cage. Private Cage, J-Squad. Isn't that an officer's uniform? I'm sure he offers a cufflinks. You know, it gives me a swell of pride knowing soldiers of your caliber will be leading the charge tomorrow. Tip of the spear, edge of the knife. Crack of my ass. <coughs> Private Kimmel, what is my view of gambling in the barracks? It's like it, Sergeant Farrell. Vance, why do I dislike it? It entertains the notion that our fate is in hands other than our own. And what is my definitive position on the concept of fate? Chorus. The greatest discipline we are asked to our fate. You might call that notion ironic. Trust me, you'll come around. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, we sense a theme here. We're talking about time travel. Talking about resetting a day, and we're basically getting a repeat of one of the earlier clips and an earlier clip in the movie uh, because things are happening again. But the first thing we notice, and the most important thing, is that Cage remembers everything. Mm-hmm. He's the only one. So it's not just a reset of the day and everybody has to figure it out again. Everybody else has to figure it out again, but Cage knows what's going on. And I, I love that concept. I love the concept of that one person knowing everything else that everyone doesn't know. It's like that age-old question, what would you say to your younger self if you knew everything that was going to happen? Yep. It's a cool fucking concept because I'd love that opportunity. Even knowing that my younger self wouldn't give a flying fuck <laughs> what my older self said. But this movie also drives that point home because nobody gives a shit through this whole movie what Cage tries to point out. Yeah. And we'll talk about them you know, individually, the scenes individually, but no one gives a fuck. Yeah. I also like how nobody points out when, you know, he's he, like, they know we're coming. This shouldn't be like, bitch, you were on the news announcing that we were coming. No, exactly. They should have called his ass out. On that. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a theme because, again, it's the same thing. If you were able to go back and talk to your younger self, would your younger self listen? No, it wouldn't. Because if your younger self listened, you would be different older self and you wouldn't have to go back in time to talk to your younger self so of course your younger self's not going to fucking listen no one listens it's just the nature of beings a person is smart people are dumb stupid animals thank you agent j and match in men in black because it's a fucking truth on so many goddamn real levels it's not funny 
But anyway, that's probably a just surprise me conversation. <laughs> it's not a this movie. It's not a this podcast conversation because I could go on for hours. All right. So we are back. <laughs> they, they, well, I can do this all day. She, that's what she says. No. Oh. <laughs> she says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, so obviously the day's repeating and I, this is one thing I appreciate about this movie is that the pacing in the, re, in the repetition of the days is done very well. Doug Lyman does a good job of keeping it fresh, even though we're seeing the same scenes over and over and over again, because he knows when to cut and to jump ahead to keep us interested. And so we're, we're right back in the dropship at this point. Yeah. Uh, we're reliving D-Day again. I'm glad it's not like just the entire scene over and over and no, over exactly. and over. No, yeah. exactly. And I've seen movies and shows that have done that. It's fucking stupid. It's not hard. It's, and the funny thing is, that's the long way around. That's the harder way to do it. Why yeah. not take the shortcut, but take the shortcut smartly? Lyman does that. The director does that in this case. He takes the, the shortcut smartly. And yeah. it keeps us interested and keeps the movie moving forward. Uh, so the same series of events play out from the hit to the hit dropship to his advance on the beach. Uh, this time, however, he saves Rita from the explosion. Uh, but in doing so, he gets gravely wounded himself. All right. He get, you know, he asked her, I'm hit. I feel something. And she goes, yeah, you got a hole in your chest. <laughs> and she reaches down, takes his battery pack. I just love it. And she goes, did you, he goes, did you just take my battery pack? <laughs> she just looks at him. Um, He's then pounced on by a mimic, and he wakes up on the tarmac yet again. On your feet, maggot. It, the whole thing starts again, all right? The same version of events take place, but this time Cage is trying to explain in detail what's about to happen. He's he's now figured out that so, obviously something's up, but he's and he's remembering everything. So he tries in earnest to explain to Farrell what's going on. But again, it's that himself. Farrell doesn't give a single flying fuck about what he's saying. It's all part of private cages ruse to get out of combat. Okay. So he completely ignores everything, even though cages, he's, he's able to tell him things or say things before he says them. That doesn't matter to anyone. Okay. They just think he's crazy. They think he's so crazy that when they get him on the drop ship, they duct tape his mouth shut. So they don't have to fucking hear him. Okay. Um, the beach drop happens again, and in this case, it's over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. Uh, Cage, what's that? I said, yep. Oh, okay. With Cage dying in various ways each time. Yeah. Um, he's getting better at advancing up the beach, but, you know, and then we, we can see that, that his goal at this point is to at least have a conversation of not save the angel of Verdun. And it took me a minute to realize why. Like, he's focused on her because she is the fate of this war. You know, that's all he knows her. He knows her name, the Angel of Verdun. The Angel of Verdun. It's repeated a million times. So he figures if he can save her, he can save everybody. So that's his goal at this point. He's, th he's not thinking any further than that. He wants to save her. At one point, he gets like within steps of her. He gets run over by a fucking jeep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next scene, he finally gets to her. So we're going to play another clip. Let's do it. Slaughtered. You need to get us off this beach. 
We have to go. This dropship is about to explode. We have to go now. Wait. So obviously, on your feet, maggot tells us we're back on the tarmac because Cage died again. Um, we got a big revelation here: the fact that Rita, she knows what's going on. When he comes at her and says, "I'm trying to save you. You're here. You're here to save. You know, we need you to save us all." She knows something, and she flat out says, "Find me when you wake up," because she knows, you know, she's experienced this. We're going to find out in more detail, but we can tell that she she's got some inside knowledge on this. Um, so, uh, you know, as you heard in the end, the dropship explodes. Uh, he's back on the tarmac again, you know, on your feet, maggot. Um, in this iteration, he's way more relaxed. Cage is way more relaxed in, in his interactions with Farrell and the squad. He's just rolling with it. He knows that he can't say anything that's going to change their minds. So just roll with it. Just roll with it. He's a little sarcastic. He, you know, he, he's dropping little hints about the shit that he knows. Um, but he knows that nothing's going to change your mind. So why bother? You know, so um, his goal now is to get to Rita. Um, this takes and in previous iterations of this part of the, the scene, uh, they always mentioned uh, PT in 10 minutes, physical training in 10 minutes. You never see it. Well, this time you see it. Uh, they're out on the tarmac. They're running as a group. Um, and uh, Cage mouths off to this to the uh, master sergeant. And um, he has to drop and give him 50. Everybody drops and gives him 50. Uh, this is his first attempt to get to Rita. Uh, there are many attempts to do it, but it finally works. But the first attempt is hysterical because he rolls under a Jeep and then he rolls too soon and gets run over by the Jeep. His scream is fucking priceless. He screams like a, he goes, ah, when he dies. Like, it's pretty good. It's the best scream ever. And he, and even Bill Paxson's reaction when he sees like, what the hell? Like, why would somebody do that? He just killed himself, you know? Uh, but it doesn't finally, matter. <laughs> no, I know. Exactly. That's it in the end. You're right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, um, if he ever, like, just decides, like, one of the days he's going to, like, find a place to just sleep and rest. Like, he's like, yeah, well, fuck he it. does. You don't know later in the movie when he goes to London. We'll get to that. But, like, there's a day when he just decides to yeah. take the motorbike to London. That's and he true. sits in a pub. And that was his day because he knew all he has to do is die. Yeah. Even if he shoots himself, all he has to do is die and he starts everything again. So he can take that break. So that was his break. So yeah, we'll get to that. Definitely. It happens. Um, so he finally does make it to Rita. So guess what, folks? We got another clip. Yeah. A nice long one, too. Twenty battles, man. You haven't been in twenty battles, man. I have two. You gonna 
dump your load the second we hit the beach tomorrow. Why don't you two get yourselves a nice hot cup and shut the hell up? Oh, you funny girl, but I bet you I set some kind of record tomorrow. Bust this time when it backwards forward. Slip it in your own shit. Knock off the grab ass. Grab this, George. Hold up. <laughs> Private drop and give me. 50, search. That's right. 50. Platoon, drop and give me 50. Compliments of private cage. Thank you, search. And one. What happened to you happened to me. I had it, I lost it, okay? I mean, that's great, there's a cure. How do I get rid of this? First, I need your help. Help with what exactly? Winning the war. There we go. So, we've got our first direct interaction between Cage and Rita. Um, it's a cool interaction, because she knows what's going on. Yeah, you got a hint of that earlier in the movie. 
um, and we get a little more detail or a lot more detail. He's um, like, I like money. She goes, I like money too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that's a that's very appropriate because it's absolutely true. All right, they've got a lot in common. I just love the the first interaction. Who said you could talk to me? Got something on my face. I mean, I just fucking love that. Also, she's doing like the the sexy like yoga pose and stuff. And oh, yeah. She every time. fucking did that. She did that herself. Now they did some longer scenes where she had to use a cable to stay up longer, but she can do that shit in real life. Wow. And and you know what? I I I should say that the real me is not as impressed with that as I sound like I am now because she's a goddamn movie star is yeah. way more time in her hands than I do. Yep. Not that I could do it even if I had more time, but like she has nothing but time to learn to do that. So I, I'm not, I don't want to make light of it, but I don't want to overblow it. I mean, but, you think about like the, what they do, like they're movie stars. They have time to do this and they have yes. trainers. Like just think about this. Speaking of Silicon Valley, which we were talking about earlier, look at, Kumail Nanjiani there. I was just going to bring that up. And then look at him in fucking Eternals. (laughs) Exactly. And the thing is, he did did an interview for Men's Health where he said exactly that. Yeah, he's on the Marvel team. I did this for the movie and I did this for myself, but I don't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I don't want anybody to think that that it's easy for a regular person, a person who's got a regular job to do this because I've got nothing but fucking time and nothing but fucking money in order to get like this. And that's how I got this way because I have the time to do it. But someone with a real life doesn't have the time to get this. So I don't want to blow it out. Say anybody can do this. I'm not one of those people and kudos to him because that was, that was a ballsy move by, by somebody in a position in that position who could have just rolled with it. Like some of these other fuckers, Mm -hmm. you know, and just said, well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Bullshit. Okay, you got all fucking day on your hands, and he admitted it. He said it. That's why I can get like that. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Man. He's just a cool dude too. Like, oh, he is. He, like uh, to, as and, down to earth as somebody in his position can be. And he's super you know fucking I mean? funny. Oh, dude. Him, dude, come on. Him and Martin Starr on fucking Silicon right? Valley. It's like the oh, best God. fucking. I, I'm due for a rewatch of that. I've watched that three times now. I think time <coughs> four is about ready because I need so to fucking good. And that show is so. Good. Although I hate that they killed off T.J. Miller after like season five. Look, be a dick, get dick things happen here. I know, there but you go. it's so good. be a dick, okay? Uh, no but question. the Ehrlich Bachman character was so good, and his character oh, was on. a dick. <laughs> like, I know. No, that's true. He played, He didn't have to He didn't have to stretch. Yeah. It wasn't a stretch for him. But no, listen, I'm going to miss him in Deadpool, because in Deadpool 1 and 2, he's yeah. fantastic, but he's not going to be in Deadpool 3. <laughs> My, um, Mike Judge was in, actually in Silicon Valley in an episode. Do you know which one he was? Yes. He what? No, what was? What did he do? I forget. In the trial, like when they were like having the court part of it, he was one of the lawyers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So. So yeah. So they get to meet for the first time. So it's pretty cool. Um, they now are on their way, and I, I just did this for a little break, a little interlude between the long clips because the two longest clips that I picked are the one we just played and the one we're about to play. They go to. They had to go see Dr. Carter. He's a disgraced scientist who worked with Rita when she had the power. And we're going to run another clip. Sorry. I'll make sure I'm on the right one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, first of all, you're not fighting an army. You have to think of this as a single organism. Now... 
these common drones, they act like it's claws. The alphas, like the one that you killed, are much more rare. Yeah, they're like one in 6.18 million, yes. by my guess. They act as the enemies. They're like its central nervous system. But this is the brain. It controls them all. And this is the Omega. And the Omega has the ability to control time. Whenever an Alpha is killed, an automatic response is triggered. The Omega starts the day over again. But you see, this time, it can remember what's going to happen just like you do. It, it knows exactly what we're going to do before we're going to do it. And an enemy that knows the future can't lose. But if that's true, how did you win if you're done? We were allowed to win. This thing wants us to believe we can win. It wants us to throw everything we have into the invasion. Operation Downfall isn't our end game. It's the enemy's. The thing you've got to understand is this is a perfectly evolved, world-conquering organism. For all we know, there are thousands, millions of those asteroids floating around in the cosmos like a virus. And they're just waiting to crash land into a world with just the right conditions. All they need is for the dominant life form to attack and... And there'll be nothing to stop the Mimics from conquering the rest of the world. Unless you change the outcome. Me? When you killed that Alpha, you inadvertently entered the enemy's nervous system. Kate, you've seized control of the Omega's ability to reset the day. How's that even possible? Perhaps this organism's only vulnerability, its, it's only vulnerability, is humanity. Regardless of that, you control the power now. Just as I did in Verdun. So I'm resetting the day? Okay. How do I control it? You have to die. Every day. Until the Omega's destroyed. Is that it? First of all, this is a terrific presentation. Terrific. I know the general. We should take this to him. You just tell him everything you told me. I went to see the general it. cage any number of times. Psych ward dissection, remember? What are you expecting from me? Have you seen anything strange? Is he shitting me? Visions. Visions. Have you seen any visions like that? The Omega senses when it's losing control of its power. E even now, it's mentally searching to find you. When it's close to finding you, you will start having visions. You'll start to see that. You'll even see where it is. And you had these visions? Yes. But eventually you saw it. I mean, you actually saw it, right? Never in the flesh. So this is all just some theory. You don't know if this thing even exists. The visions showed me it was at Verdun. I could see it. I, I just lost the power before I could get to it. And by the time we took Verdun, 
the Omega was gone. Okay, so all I have to do is wait to have these visions and then tell you where this Omega thing is. No, Kate. You're gonna get me there. And I'm gonna kill it. Get you there. I'm not even trained for combat. All right. So, yeah, I mean, we find out about the Omega. Um, there's one th there's one thing that happens in this movie that happens in a lot of science fiction movies, and I've kind of justified it in my head. It's the whole thing where the characters can't believe what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and at this point, we're talking about a guy who's repeating a day over and over and over again, yet he still can't believe that this could be real. It happens in a lot of science fiction, and the way I've justified it in my head is that within the universe that these people exist, they don't have these movies and TV shows that we have. You know, it's like it's like any movie about the zombie apocalypse. They can't believe the zombie apocalypse is happening because they don't have The Walking Dead. They don't have Resident Evil in their universe. So they don't, you know what I mean? It's new to them, and I, I kind of get it, but it kind of pisses me off that, especially in movies where, like, you're a half hour, 40 minutes into this movie and they've lived a bunch of crazy shit or two episodes into a series. They lived a bunch of crazy shit and they're suddenly saying, I can't believe this is happening. Fuck you. You can't believe this is happening. You, you lived all this shit up till this point. You, you should believe anything that happens to you. Right. But goddamn flying dildo like comes at you. You should believe it. There's no reason why it shouldn't exist within a universe that you exist in, you yeah. know? So what kind of gets he's me is like a, a very hard line in the sand. He's fucking, he's been through this day. What? Like 10 times already. Yes. Who knows? She's telling him some other shit. He's like, no, fuck you. There's no yeah. way. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, dude, just fucking give in. You know, the movie will be 15 minutes shorter. We'll be happier. Yeah, I agree. You know? So anyway, all that said, we're going to take our first break. We'll be able to bring this home in the, in part two of edge of tomorrow. So if you're uh, listening to Masters of the Cinematic Universe, you obviously love movies. Uh, I do too, because I host this podcast. And um, my pedal company, 37FX, um, definitely has a movie theme. So if you're looking for really cool guitar pedals and the bonus of having some uh, fun movie themes, uh, hit up the website, 37FX.com. That's the word 30, the number 7.com. Uh, you can find things like the Fat Guy Little Coat Fuzz. And uh, soon to be released, the Tombstone Treble Boost, both, both based on some fantastic movies. So, uh, you know, hit the website up. We've got some great sound samples on there. And uh, you can also hit me up um, through Facebook or Instagram uh, with any questions you have. I really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> 